0: Hello again everyone and welcome to Eddie and Stevo the podcast, the 2021 Super League season preview. Isn't it strange this podcast is a little bit like London buses. You wait a month for one and then two come along all at once. I trust you enjoyed the interview with the national coach, Sean Wayne, if you missed it. Uh, that and the chats with Kevin Sinfield in January and Libre is in February. They're still available. Uh, take a listen because even if I do say so myself, they are very good and well worth taking in. For this edition of the season and as it gets underway on Friday and all the way through this year, we're back to the tried and trusted formula where we chew the cud over all things rugby league. So it's an opportune moment to say hello to the man himself all the way from Australia. Steve-O is here, and having seen the pictures on the news of flooded out New South Wales this week, Steve-O, I hope this finds you fitting well.
1: Well, maybe fitting well, but I've got my uh, galoshes on,
0: I can (laughs) assure you.
1: It's unbelievable. You know, this time last year, we were worried about about the bushfires, people being burnt and everything. Uh, It was awful. All the animals, kangaroos, you name it. Now, they're all... All drowned it, it. It's just an amazing turnaround. It, it's a biblical proportions. It is. It has not. It has not stopped raining in Sydney for seventeen days. Wow! Incredible. And and you know that lovely that lovely song that they sing in Australia. I love this sunburnt country. <laughs> yeah. This land of sweeping plains. Well, I'm afraid it's been swept away.
0: By uh, enormous storms Absolutely, yeah I mean, as you say, last year the, the place was burning down This year you're you, you flooded out And when we spoke uh, last, just before Christmas You were coming out of your hibernation in the hotel in Sydney After your flight home 14 nights cooped up in a room uh, you Are coping okay now, though? I'm sure I bet you're out in the bars Because you're allowed to go out and drink and eat over there, aren't you?
1: You know, I'm a changed man, Eddie. No, no. <laughs> I'm a changed man. I, I I only go out five times a week now. It used, it used to be seven. No, I think, uh, I, I think they're doing a marvellous job out here. The, uh, you know, the pandemic is sort of, they've certainly got it under control. Yeah. And uh, the, the, the government are working very hard on that. And they've been very, very strong. You know, anyone that's just stepped out of line, not wearing a mask, et cetera, and so forth, they've been fined. Simple as that. And it's an amazing thing that the Australian people have really taken to it and said, if we have to suffer, I mean, we had to suffer over the week, uh, over the Christmas weekend because uh, we were in lockdown in North Narrabeen and I couldn't, I couldn't have Christmas with my two daughters because they lived in South Narrabeen. So it just shows you that the Australian public sometimes
0: get it right. Yes, they do. And have you had your jab? I've had one. Have you had yours yet?
1: I've booked in for the 7th
0: of uh, April and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure you are it's the, it's the way out there's no question about that. Okay. Uh, let's talk about rugby league because we've a, a stack of stuff to get through. The season getting underway in Super League this weekend. 25 years after that first night in Paris, 25 years—that really was a very exciting sort
1: of uh, opening to what we said, Super League. Okay. okay, you know, people got a bit excited. They said we were going to have a team in Madrid. We're going to have, we're going to have Barcelona, et cetera, and so forth. It didn't quite work out, but I think at the time, Morris Lindsay took the right move. He took the money from uh, from the satellite television companies and said, this will turn it all around. Uh, And quite frankly, I think it did.
0: It did. We've got great memories of that first night. I wonder if you remember all of this. Welcome back to the Charlotte Stadium here in Paris for the kickoff of Super League 1996. We're just waiting for the whistle of Stuart Cummings. He checks with his officials either side and the European Super League is underway. Well, I'll never forget the flight over for a start. I mean, it was a dry plane. It wasn't very dry on the way home, I must say. Um, passport control, you got uh, taken short. <laughs> we all got through. You yeah. locked the doors and you were, <laughs> you were in no man's
1: land. Uh, not only that, when I, when I tried to climb over uh, <laughs> the fence that was separating uh, you fellas uh, there, um, the guy came around with his uh, machine gun. Uh, I soon stopped. I was halfway over. I was halfway over the fence and I soon stopped. And and of course that
0: moves so quick.
1: And that was the wonderful, wonderful night where I had to introduce the players and, uh, I don't think I got one player right. Even the English ones they got wrong. <laughs> but what, I what do you expect? The, the... Remember the fireworks going? No one told me about the fireworks, oh. which which were about uh, I know about twelve inches from my backside. I know. i never time. forget Good your face. times,
0: Eddie. Good uh, times. Oh, they were. They were. They were the golden they were the golden years. Uh, there is no question about that. And um uh, the following night, we were at Oldham for the game against Wigan, and, and Oldham were up <laughs> against it from the first minute, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs>
1: because uh, 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 Neville Smith, <laughs> our, our executive producer, said, uh, we're going to do a few changes this time, Steve. Oh, he said, you still, you still call the players out, but they'll come out one by one. Oh, great idea, yeah. It, it didn't quite work in France. Well, I can remember just calling out the names, and of course, they were told in the dressing room, when Steve-O calls out your name, just trot out in front of the fans and, and you'll get a good reception, etc. and so forth. So uh, I got round to uh, Martin of Fire, but it wasn't Martin of Fire that came out. So <laughs> I was determined to get Martin of Fire. So the second time I said, number two, Martin of Fire. Uh, it wasn't Martin of Fire that came out. Well, <laughs> for the third occasion, I thought, I'm not going to be beaten here. And sure enough, it wasn't Martin of Fire that came out. They'd done it on purpose. I was filming, and as I threw the I I threw the microphone away, I was dashing past the crowd. And one of the blokes says, I tell you what, Steve, Oldham don't have a chance today. I said, Why did you say that? He said, Because they're playing with three Martin of Fires.
0: Fantastic memories, fantastic memories of the first night We are on the cusp of a brand new season But uh, after all that uh, fun and frivolity I, I think we've got one sad note to remember before we go any further The funeral is being held on Friday of Matt King OBE The former London Academy player He pulled on a jersey just once He attempted one tackle And the consequences were that he broke his neck and was confined to a wheelchair for the rest of his life, which tragically ended just a, a few weeks ago at the tender age of 33. steve we met him many, many times. What a guy he was. A wonderful gentleman, and he had a smile that just you know lit up the
1: room every time he came in. You would never know what he was going through, both mentally, physically, but yet... He always had a smile for everybody. He did a lot for charity. I mean, it was just one amazing gentleman. And I certainly will miss him. And I'm sure a lot of other people will
0: miss him. Absolutely. And on behalf of us both, uh, Matt King, rest in peace. There's also some more sad news uh, before we progress. And uh, your old pal Jeff Grayson has sadly passed away this week.
1: Yeah, it, it really did shock me. Um I mean, he was 72 years of age. Uh, I always remember when he first signed on at Dewsbury for, as an amateur, and they signed him as a fullback. He played as a fullback. And, and here is a man that, that went on to well over, what, 760 performances, 760 matches. He played wow. at, the, at the tender age of 45 years of age and even actually played against his son, Paul. But talk about a smile and a good laugh and a good
0: giggle. And he was a great player. It's real sad that we've lost one of the greats of Rugby League. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Jeff Grayson as well. Rest in peace. Uh, look, uh, uh, we've received a tweet, incidentally, on our Twitter account, at Eddie underscore Steve-O, from Lee Middleton from Hull, who is yep. from the fans group, the mighty black and whites, always whole and proud. He's told us that on April the 2nd, the commemorative jersey is being issued to help fund the world's first veterans village for Hull for Heroes. Last year, the group uh, sold 1,000 shirts, £10 each sale being donated to the NHS. Uh, They raised £10,000 last year. The new shirts, uh, they look really good, by the way. They go on sale next week, April the 2nd. Uh, Check them out, hashtag kings of all Right, it is the big kickoff on Friday, as I say. All this week, Sky Sports. have been running classic matches of the programmes over the past 30 years, so we have featured heavily all week, steve Good job you did the deal to get us the royalties. <laughs> well done. Seriously, though, the experts all tipping again, either Wigan or Saints. Lee favourites for relegation. Absolutely everyone says they're going to be relegated. And when I asked Sean Wayne about possible dark horses of, to make an impact this week, he said Huddersfield Giants and a lot of people are saying exactly the same. Is that the Ian Watson factor, do you think, after the coach left Salford for the pastures new during the winter?
1: Well, you'd have to think so, wouldn't you? I mean, he has proven to be a very, very good coach indeed. Uh, not only that, and on the rugby league terms, but uh, it is somewhat of a psychologist. He knows how to get the best out of a player, both on and off the field. And it's going to be an important passage in his his career. Uh, Huddersfield, I think, have bought exceptionally well. And it, it would surprise me if they are not in the top four come the season end. Right. What about Lee?
0: Can they survive?
1: No. I hate to be harsh, but remember when... They were given the opportunity to come in. They weren't given the opportunity to have the same amount of money. So, therefore, there was no way in the world that they are going to compete. And I still am against the fact that the Super League teams decided not to give them the full amount. I thought it was disgraceful, and I still feel that same way. And that is the reason why, sadly, they will be relegated and not
0: all their own fault. They had a, a decent preseason win against St Helens, though. I mean, do we read anything much into that? No, I never have done. When you play your first game
1: and it's a trial, it's a trial. Don't take any notice of it. And if anyone's mad enough to start betting on, on results like that,
0: they want their head testing. Players to watch next uh, Greg Inglis of Warrington, of course, but he is unlikely to figure in the opening game against Castleford on Sunday.
1: He's a very, very well-recognised player. So that's a shame. Uh, we couldn't kick off uh, the season as it would be. But I think when you go through uh, the likes of uh, O'Max, uh, Wormsley, McShane, Ratchford, Percival, you know, we've, we've got some really, really good stars there. Uh, we, we should have a very, very good season. The thing that I want more than anything is I want the crowds to be there. Boy, have I oh, missed the crowds. All. I mean, oh, if you yes, would, I'm, I know you were watching the NRL over the first two weekends, Eddie. Isn't it great to see fans there actually being at the game and the excitement? It's not the same without the fans.
0: No, it isn't. I mean, I, th- I think we're a few few weeks, maybe a couple of months away from getting the fans back. But once they come through, it'll be a, a totally a totally different scene. There's no question of that. And please, let's hope it, it happens quickly. Um, a couple of clubs are already looking for new coaches, though. <laughs> a pass hasn't been thrown, a ball hasn't been kicked. Daryl Powell and Stephen Price, they enter their last seasons, having already announced they're off at the end of the year uh, with those two clubs. I wonder what impact that news will have on Cass and Warrington?
1: Well, I think it's it, it pretty safe to say that uh, Steve Price was uh, always going to go back to Australia. Yeah. Uh, quite frankly, I thought he it would, it would have gone back uh, this particular, Year, remember on one of our first broadcasts, Eddie, I said keep your eye out yeah. on Steve Price, and and you abused me and said, oh, you're getting yes. attacked at this and the other. Well, well, I had inside information from down under. They come over here, they learn a lot about rugby league, and then take it back. It's it's happened for years and years and years, and it'll probably continue on. It it doesn't augur well for people to become coaches when we keep bringing Australian coaches but you've got to look at how things are working in the NRL down here and you can't blame a club to say well this guy's doing a good job let's bring
0: him over yeah they're generally assistants though, aren't they who come across to Super League and, and make a and make a name for themselves Darryl Powell um well not long ago he's being tipped as the next England coach Sean Wayne got that job of course um, and a lot of people in Warrington are thinking Daryl Powell's on the way across the M62 heading west and we'll end up at Warrington. But it's all been denied this week by all by parties.
1: <laughs> I love that. Oh, we deny that. Oh, we don't <laughs> want him. We don't, we're, not, we're not interested. And then all of a sudden they sign them on the on the spot. Uh, it's a difficult one because uh, I thought Daryl was, was pretty happy in the way that he's done a good job at Castleford. Done a... F- fine job, uh, and he's a good coach, uh, maybe a bit disappointed that perhaps he didn't get the England job, I know that he applied for it, and he was keen to get it, and
0: without being disrespectful, uh, he would have done a good job. And there's a few yeah. other sharks cycling in the water as well, isn't there, thinking of Brian McDermott and people like that, you know, some great coaches, currently yeah. out, of, out of a job, yeah, it'll so, be interesting, I, mean, I wonder who's the first one to get the uh, the old um, the hook from the uh, why don't you
1: just put all the numbers in a bag and just bring one out? Because you you just never know. But maybe maybe Daryl Powell has been approached to become an assistant coach in the NRL. Now that wouldn't that would not surprise
0: me whatsoever. Well, we watch this space. Um with the pandemic in mind, the clubs have got to play a minimum of eighteen games out of twenty five this year to get a place in the top six and the playoffs. Because clubs will be allowed to withdraw from fixtures if they get seven or more cases of COVID in the camp again this year. The placings will be decided on the percentage of wins again. It's it's slightly confusing, but you can see why they're taking this step early doors rather than changing things around mid-season like they did last year, can't you?
1: Yeah, well, you, you kick off the season and everyone knows the rules and regulations and don't change it. That's the one thing that I'm against what they're doing out here in Australia, that they've changed a lot of the rules. But, you know, they've got to a point now where they're saying, well, if it doesn't work, we'll change it. Uh, changing things halfway through a season is very, very difficult, especially from the rules. The coaches don't like it. Players don't like it. So you start and finish with the same rules and regulations. Or, should I say, according to the official rugby league knowledge the laws of the game
0: <laughs> i know you're very you're very keen on that word <laughs> law uh, we have seen the laws as you say already in operation in the NRL they're going to be adopted in the main uh, again over here but there is a possibility i would think that as the pandemic eases and things get hopefully easier in, the, in the, the, the population in this country, we might see a change. We might see one of those dreaded changes mid-season. We might be going back to scrums.
1: Yeah. Um, I suppose it's working out here in the NRL over the first two rounds. Uh, the one thing that I have enjoyed more than anything is that on average, there's only three or four penalties per game. Now that speeds up, any sport, when you don't have interference from the referee, it's a handover. uh, I think think they've got it absolutely spot on that you can make the players. Players are complaining. Coaches are already complaining, saying that, you know, what about the fatigue factor? Look, the fatigue factor has been in place ever since 1895 when we first started rugby league as we know it now. And... It's one of those things, if you're not fit enough, then you don't deserve to win. And if you're running out of puff, well, you know, the coach has got to get it. I also thought that they just missed an opportunity, Eddie, of doing one thing. Instead of having four substitutes, I think they should have six.
0: And that maybe would just help get the fatigue factor out of the way. Well, let's see what happens during the course of the... I tell you what, though, Melbourne, they're looking good again, aren't they? Week one... Uh, had a fantastic win. But then last week, they go and lose at Parramatta in the driving rain of Sydney. So uh, typically in the NRL, you know, top teams can lose to anybody. Bottom teams can beat anybody. It it looks like a fantastic season down there already.
1: Yeah, Yeah, and I think that's been brought about by the fact that we have had a deluge of water.
0: You know, I mean, the, the
1: weather has been horrific. It really has been bad and quite frankly some of the games that I've seen and well I've watched them all uh, the amount of skill factor of keeping the, that wet ball alive I mean t- 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 I was just amazed and you throw in all that is that they weren't frightened to give and it was bucketing down it was absolutely it was bouncing off the ground it was and yet the quality the quality was just outstanding and and I just thought to myself wow if if the weather is going to be something like that when it comes to the World Cup, you know, a lot of people in in, in Britain would have said, oh, well, you know, the Aussies, they, they don't like the cold and they don't like the rain or whatever. Well, they certainly certainly did it very
0: well over the last, last weekend, didn't they? they? They did. They did indeed. Uh, we'll come on to the World Cup shortly. Uh, just before we leave Super League, uh, the competition goes ahead without its CEO, Robert Elston. He has stepped down. He stepped down the other Friday. Uh, Super League's back under the one roof, do you think, with the RFL? When, when do you think that might happen? Well, I hope
1: it happens very soon.
0: Okay, when the dust settles on this season, um, it's the World Cup. And Sean Wayne told us earlier this week uh, on the podcast, he's pretty confident that England can make a shake of it. And what's more, he has said he will pick a team of Englishmen. There'll be no Aussies in his England team, he says, and no one from anywhere else. He's a proud Englishman, Steve-O, isn't he, as we all are? Is he right? Spot on. You've got to look to, you know,
1: put your hand on your heart and say, I'm, I'm not only playing for my country, I'm fighting for my country. I want, I want to make sure that we're the best in the world. And it's good news to think that he won't be picking any Australians. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine how I felt, how all my other teammates felt when we won the Cup in 1972, the World Cup? We're the best in the world in rugby league. You can't take that away from you. And yet, what have we done? Some kid plays a full season on the brink, hoping that he's going to be selected for his country to pull on that jersey, show his family, show his kids, show his grandkids eventually that he played for England. You've got to have that power behind you. And I I tell you what, this is a good opportunity to get it because the way that the Australians are playing now, I was looking through the list of new young players that will be selected this time for the World Cup. You won't get the old brigade coming over. They really want to make sure that they win it. And it's our opportunity to make sure that man-on-man, and get everything sorted out and say, well, can I take on Tedesco, maybe the likes of Ratchford from Warrington, he's got to look at himself in the mirror and say, I can be as good as that bloke. If I can't be as good as that bloke, I can stop
0: that bloke. There's ways and means to winning a trophy. I know there is, and I also know that you are itching to give Sean Wayne the benefit of your selection experience, uh, you've got an England team already penciled in in your mind, haven't you? Uh, right the way through to the World Cup. M- Bradford, Rashford,
1: McGilvray, Percival, King, Johnston, Lomax, Williams, Wormsley. McShane, Gildart, Whitehead, Sutton. I'd, I'd go for Bateman. He did a, he did a good job in. Uh, in Australia, Hardacre, Evels, Thompson and Hodgson. I mean, you know, there's some good players there. And let's hope that there's a few more Look, come through. We're not going to win the World Cup without just picking 13. You know, I mean, uh, look, Whitehead's playing out of his skin. Uh, I, think, I think McShane showed enough last season to make the, the hooking position. Wormsley. So you flick, Roby,
0: you flick Roby and Clark, you flick them right away, they're gone. Yep, yep. yeah, gone. Yeah, that, okay. look, they've had their day. Give, them, give,
1: give someone the, the opportunity. You obviously disagree, don't you? No, oh, no, well, no, I'm,
0: I'm, just, I'm, I'm just fascinated to hear your thoughts, That's, and I'm sure everybody else is as well. There'll be a lot of people who'll agree with you, a lot of people.
1: I'll be the first, anyway. <laughs> yeah.
0: It all starts this weekend, as we have been saying. Um, will you be able to, to watch the games twelve thousand miles away, so as you can give us your opinions next week? Can you can you catch My up word,
1: again? yeah, my word. I get uh, I, I get it all. Don't worry about that. I don't mind paying a few shillings
0: to uh, to watch the games. You do mind paying for a few things, but not for t- watching telly, then, eh? <laughs>
1: Uh, listen, sorry to end on a bit of a sad note, Teddy, but um, the great Manly hooker, uh, Freddie Jones, uh, he was a captain of Manly when they first won the very first premiership in uh, in Australia, and sadly last week he passed away at the age of
0: 79. Rest in peace. Oh. what a great hooker! Well, there we go. We've lost we've lost three three great names of the game over the past few weeks very sad we'll be back next week the runners and riders are all at the starting gate matches live on Sky Friday, Saturday and Sunday all six of them and then the golf course reopens first thing on Monday morning utopia
1: no, no,
0: no. utopia well get used to saying this Eddie for <laughs> <laughs> you don't get people standing in trees look great to talk to you till the next time from us both bye bye